Today's show is brought to you by Aliquot Pro. Write professional reports on the go with Aliquot Pro. Mobile data entry designed with the water treater in mind. Use Aliquot Pro to save time, improve service visits, and bring more value to your customers. For more information on Aliquot Pro, go to scalinguph2o.com forward slash Aliquot. Welcome to Scaling Up, the podcast where we scale up on knowledge so we don't scale up our systems. My name is Trace Blackmore. I get to host this fantastic podcast called Scaling Up H2O. And of course, all of you out there, our listeners, we refer to as the Scaling Up Nation. So thank you so much for being part of the nation. And as a service to the nation, the great team here at Scaling Up H2O is always wanting to make sure that you know all of the events that are available to you. And let's face it, our job is hard. We are driving from account to account, talking to all these customers and really staying on their schedule more than we are on our own. And then when we have all of these educational opportunities that approach us, we don't have time to research what they are and where they're going to be. So that's where my team comes into play. They wanna make sure you know what's coming up. So here are a few things you might want to list on your calendar. The Public Works Expo will be held from August 28th to August 31st in Charlotte, North Carolina. Now the Public Works Expo is if you are in the sector and you are dealing with fleet services or parks and grounds or waste solid management, stormwater, flood control, streets, bridges, roads, traffic engineering, water and wastewater, emergency management, engineering and technology, they do so much at this expo. So if you are in the public works sector, you definitely wanna to go to our show notes page and check this one out. Also in September, specifically September 20th, if you are a business owner and you are in the industrial water treatment space, you want to make your way to Vancouver, and you're probably already doing that if you are a member of the Association of Water Technologies because their convention is going to be held the 21st through the 24th. But if you are a business owner, you want to get there at least a day early because on September 20th, they are holding their business owners meeting. Folks, we've had this in several years at conventions, and they've also tried doing it uh, apart from conventions. And I tell you, it is an action-packed day where people just like you are putting on the content, and it's things that will help you with your business. Now, if you're a Rising Tide Mastermind member, we're always looking at best practices, but let's face it, there's not that many people in the Rising Tide Mastermind, and this is a great way for you to start evaluating some of the practices that you do in your business and get some ideas on how you can improve what you do in the day-to-day. 
I highly recommend it. I always come back with ideas that I want to share with you, that I want to share with the mastermind. So make sure if you are a business owner and you're going to the AWT, you get there a day early and you register for the business owners meeting. To find out more information about the AWT conference and the business owners meeting, you can go to our webpage at scalinguph2o.com and we will have all that information for you. Next up is the International Desalination Association. Their World Congress Convention is taking place in Sydney, Australia, October 9th through 13th. And if this is an area that you are involved in, this is like the Olympics for desalination. So many people go and trade information, share information, share ideas. So if you are in desalination or water reuse, you definitely want to check this one out. Again, more information on the International Desalination Association Conference. You can find that on scalinguph2o.com. And folks, if you know of something that we need to share with the nation, let us know that stuff. Don't keep that to yourself. If you know of an organization out there that you think will help raise the bar in the scaling up nation, we definitely want to make sure that we are getting that out there. So to do that, you can go to our show notes page as well and go over to our show ideas page and just let us know what information you have. We sure do appreciate it when our listeners make the show even better. And I'm hoping that just like I try to do on a regular basis, you are trying to make yourself better. Of course, if you start out like somebody like me, you've got a long road to travel before you start getting improvement. At least it seems that way. And I'm always looking for the next thing. I'm always looking to learn the next thing that I need to learn. And as I've shared with you on this show, somebody shared with me a long time ago, how do I know what I don't know? And that thought has just consumed me. How do I know what I need to be educated on? And I'm constantly looking to see how I improve. And there have been so many things that I've shared with you on this podcast because I've been looking for that next thing. And I figured that works out so well. Why not continue that? So one of my favorite financial books is a book called Profit First. And Profit First is a very easy way for you to run the finances of your business in a way that don't allow your accounting to get in the way. Now, I know that sounds weird, but if we look at it, our accounting is always behind. And if we're looking at past metrics or metrics that have not caught up to the present day, how are we really allowed to make better decisions? Profit First is all about that. And as you know, in addition to reading books about things that I need to learn more about, I also put myself into positions that force me to learn. And that's where I fell in love with the mastermind concept. I love the concept so much, I not only created my own mastermind, I also am a member of a mastermind, and I am going to introduce you to one of my fellow members in the mastermind group that I am a member of, and we're talking about Profit First. 
My lab partner today is Rocky Lavani of Profit Comes First. Rocky, I am so excited to have you on the podcast. Thank you for coming on Scaling Up H2O. Thank you for having me, Trace. I'm excited to be here today. Rocky, you and I have known each other for, uh, I would say, probably three years or so. We're both in the Iron Sharpens Iron Mastermind group, uh, but you and I haven't had the talk about Profit First. You know, I've, I've read the book, we've talked about it in our group, but you are the guru when it comes to this, so I am ready to dig deep into this. Excited to talk about it. It's my favorite subject. Well, Rocky, before we get started with that, do you mind letting the Scaling Up Nation know a little about yourself? Sure. Uh, I'm a dad, uh, two kids, married for 27 years now to my wonderful wife. She's a CPA, so I may crack some CPA jokes because I I have the inside story. And you're allowed because you're married into it. I'm allowed because I'm married into it and I hear her screaming all the time. So, you know, we both work out of the house now. Thanks to COVID, it's worked out well. And so I, I, you know, I have fun raising kids, being with family and helping business owners thrive. So they have the time, the freedom and the money to be able to do what they really love. That sounds great. Let me ask, what is your day to day like? Day to day? I work out of a home office, so I'm generally working about nine to five, but I don't believe in a packed day. So I don't usually get started till sometime around noon on Monday as far as like appointments. And even daily, I try not to put anything on my calendar before 9 a.m. I like to ease into the day. Same thing, Fridays are light so that it's not uh, overwhelming. I reverse engineered my business. I said, what are the things I like to do? How much time do I want to work? How much do I need to make? And I did the math backward, calculated the hours, and figured it out. So I pretty much I have fun. I don't have any customers I don't like because I won't take them. You know, it's it's wonderful when you can put a little thought into it and build a business the way you want to live your life. What would a typical client meeting be like with you? So most client meetings run about an hour. And generally what we do is we we review the dashboard, which is, hey, we said this is what our goals were financially. And then we say, this is what actually happened. Okay, is that good or bad? Is that expected? And then what do we want to change? And then we come up with action steps to to bring about that change. We'll brainstorm ideas, look at different opportunities. And then, of course, the next meeting, we're going to review. You said you were going to do X, Y, Z. Did you do it? You know, it's really that simple. Sometimes yes, sometimes no. We all get busy. We forget. So it's it's a big thing of awareness of what's going on, celebration of the good, and then creating an action plan so that they walk away knowing what their next steps are to have a growing and more profitable business. So let's start there. There's this book out there called Profit First. It really changed how I looked at all of our financials. And it's it's very simplistic. It, It takes such a complex item and it says what you need to do and you can actually do it. So if somebody's tuning in today, they've never heard of Profit First, what is it? So Profit First is a different way to look at your business, 
All right. And, and it works in your personal life, too. One of the reasons I joined Mike and, and Profit First was this is the way I built my wealth personally. It's a universal principle that works when it comes to money. The first thing is we always say pay yourself first, but nobody does. Right. We say we're going to have a profitable business. But the reality is, if you look at what the accountants and what the MBAs tell you, it's sales minus expenses equals profit. Most business owners don't find out their profit until sometime in the future. Maybe it's tax day when the accountant says, congratulations, you know, this is how much you made last year. And then they always ask that simple question, well, where is that money and how am I supposed to pay that tax bill? And invariably, you know, they spent it. It, it disappeared. And Mike said, no wonder we're struggling. We have the wrong equation. We're looking at this wrong. And he said, Let's do sales minus profit equals expenses. So now you take your profit first, you pay yourself first, and then you constrain your expenses. Now for business, that's not a normal idea, constrain your expenses. Everywhere you got to spend money to make money. Yeah, says everyone, salesperson who's trying to sell you something. But the reality is you don't need to necessarily spend more money. You need to be more resourceful. If you say that you have a project, you know, the two questions are, what's the budget and the time frame? Whatever you say the budget and the time frame are, that's what you're going to get. So if you say it's only half of that, you'll get half it and you'll get it done in half of that. But you've got to constrain yourself. And that, that's basically Parkinson's law. A business will use up all the resources allocated to it. So if you constrain the resources you can be more profitable. The same thing with employees. Employees are not at all incentivized to cut costs, right? They're incentivized to spend money. And that's why most businesses struggle. Rocky, I remember reading an article, and this was around the 2007 crash, where there were a lot of businesses, and it was an Inc. Magazine article, by the way, they were interviewing businesses that went under and specifically the employees of the businesses that went under and everybody made the comment. If I only knew and then fill in the blank, how bad it was, they would have done something different, but they didn't know they were kept in the dark and then they didn't have a job because the business went out of business. What should we be doing instead of that? Well, so I guess the first question is, is, does the businessy owner even know his financials? Because more often than not, many times they don't. So if you, I think in the book he talks about it, or I read it somewhere else, 80% of business owners don't look at their financials. 15% of business owners look at their financials, but struggle to understand what they say. Only about 5% of business owners can look at their financials and understand them. And can take action on them. And part of the reason I think why this is so difficult is there is no one report that comes out of your accounting system that shows you the health of your business. You've got a profit and loss and your profit and loss may say you're profitable, but you may not have any cash and your profit and loss doesn't show you your debt service. And so you're making those monthly payments on loans. It's not showing up in your P&L. And then you've got a balance sheet, which kind of shows you your net worth, but a balance sheet is static. In order to really understand what's going on in your business, what I do is I look at 12 months of balance sheets. 
So if you, you know, if, when you were a kid, you probably saw those two pictures, like here's the same picture, find the eight differences. <laughs> that's not easy. And that, but that's literally what we do with your balance sheet. We're looking for those little differences to see where is your money going and where are the leaks in the company? And then there's the cash flow report, which shows where your cash is going. But all of these tie together in different ways. And I think that's really the biggest struggle for business owners. There is no one clear understanding and dashboard and report to show them the health of their business. And then once you've got the report, you know, the accountants will say, well, here's what you did. And most business owners are like, well, thank you. That was two months ago. What do I do tomorrow? The accountant's like, I don't know. Sell more, right? That's what you're told. But if your underlying business model is wrong and you sell more, you might actually lose money. Sell yourself out of business. You sell yourself out of business. I can't tell you how many people grow themselves out of business because they don't have the cash flow to handle growth. You can be profitable and growing and go out of business because of bad cash flow. That's the reality of it. And I, I think it's, it's difficult. And I just assume business owners understood this, but most business owners don't. They do what they love. And being the accountant was not at the top of the list. So if they don't have a good person in that seat, it's a real difficulty for them. Well, let's talk about that because accountants look backwards. You know, they're, they're trying to make sure that they stay with the, what is it, the generally accepted accounting practices. There's an acronym for that. I don't know what it is. Yeah, GAP. It's a perfect acronym because there's a big gap between what they tell you and what you need to do. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's just it. So the average business person will go to their accountant, they'll get information back to pay taxes, and they're thinking that everything is good, but nothing is being used from their data to look forward. And most of them aren't even looking at their tax return to determine how did they come to those numbers and did the accountant do it right? And is there a better way to play with IRS regulations to move things around to get you a better tax refund? I do want to unpack something because I had never heard it used this way before. You, you mentioned the procedure of the trailing 12 and looking at the previous 12 months and, and normalizing those out. I do that all the time with our p and I've never even thought about doing that with our balance sheet. How do you do that? So literally with the balance sheet, what we do is we run a report of 12 months of balance sheet. What I'm looking for is where are the changes month to month in the balance sheet? So your cash flow comes from a couple of different things. You get cash flow from operations, meaning we sold something, cash came in. Then there's cash flow from financing. So you might say, oh, look, there's tons of money in my bank account. Well, yeah, duh, you just got a loan from the government for half a million dollars, right? Because the government was throwing money at everybody. Well, that's not real cash flow to you in the sense, yes, it's cash, but it's not It's not because of your operations. And then there's cash flow from, from the owner. Like I put extra money into my company each month. And then we're looking at where the money is leaving the company and where is it going? And, and how is it going out of the company? So it's, it's looking at those differences over the month to see where are things going and how are they disappearing and how is it affecting the balance sheet? Because at the end of the day, the balance sheet is where your money is. 
that's the true picture of the health of your company. But if you just look at it as a snapshot, well, that looks good. Yeah, compared to what? And that's why you've got to look at it monthly and project it as well going forward to say, if I want to improve my balance sheet, what do I need to do? It's been a while since I've read Profit First. I want to say, and one of the things they say in the very beginning is you need to separate out into five separate buckets. Can you talk a little on that? Yeah. So basically, we're giving every dollar a job. We've heard that. Well, why don't we do it? It's really that simple. So the first account is the income account. All your money comes in and it comes into the income account. Here's the cool thing. I can look at my income account and see how much money came in. It's clear as day, right? I don't have to open up my accounting software. I don't have to wait 48 hours for somebody to input transactions. A lot of people have monthly bookkeeping. So essentially, you have no idea unless you look at the income account how much money came in. So once I know how much money is coming in, we allocate it on a set rhythm. Everyone has a different rhythm. Some people do it weekly. Some people do it bi-monthly. Some people do it once a month. But here's the thing. If you do this on a set rhythm, every time you look at your income account, you'll get a pretty good clue. Oh, there's 50 grand in my income account. Oh, there's 48 grand in my income account. Oh, there's 72 grand in my income account. Things must have gone well, right? Oh, there's 28 in my income account. What, what went wrong? So every time you do an allocation, you get a visceral gut check of how much money came in. Then we allocate. So we set profit first, right? So the first thing we do is we set a set percentage into the profit account, which we don't touch. We put a set percentage into the tax account because the IRS has guns and they can take your money (laughs) without your consent. (laughs) So let's make sure that we give them their due. Then we put money into your pay account because most business owners pay themselves last instead of first, and then your spouse is screaming at you, the kids are yelling, you have a broken home life, your business is going to be broken, right? So let's make sure you are on stable ground for all the work you do and for the investments you made and the risks you took. And then the last account is OPEX. That's where we put all our, our spending dollars. Now I know how much I truly have to spend in the business, And if my OPEX account runs out of money, well, then I know I spent too much. Now I need to question. And so here's the thing. I know that immediately, not in three months, not in six months. I know it today. Hey, we ran out of money in OPEX. I can't make payroll. And so now you have to start thinking about your business. The other cool thing about the tax account is when tax time comes, this is one of the the strangest things that business owners have told me. They feel calm at tax time because whatever the accountant says, they know there's enough money in the tax account to cover it. And they know if there's an excess, they get a bonus. And as much as they hate paying taxes, just that peace of mind to them, they're like, I can handle tax time. It's like a confidence booster. So the recommendation is, is we actually go into our banks and say, we want to open up five additional accounts. Any issues with the banks doing that? Occasionally, some banks will complain. Other banks want to charge you a fee. We say no to both of them. <laughs> <laughs> We're allergic to fees. No, We're allergic you. to fees. And usually, if you explain to the banker what you're doing and why you're doing it, it's okay. And actually, certain banks 
they actually incentivize their people to to open bank accounts. So then they love you because you're opening up bank accounts. But a lot of times it's strange to some of them. So sometimes you just have to have a conversation. Now, what if somebody said, you know, I can do this with just one account. I'm just going to separate it out in my accounting software. Does it have the same effect? No, because your accounting software more than likely is not up to date. You don't look at it. And so you, you won't get that same visceral gut check. The really the thing is, you know, when the money is set aside for your pay, it's easier to pay yourself. Because you're like, oh, I put that money aside to pay me. Now I can remove it from the company, right? The profit account turns into a reserve account. It allows you to build up a cash balance over time so that when we hit COVID, when we hit a recession, hey, I got a little bit of gap here. I've got a little excess so I can handle doing this in, in my personal, you know, and I can, I can weather this storm. And we're all going to have storms. Sometimes they're personal, sometimes they're national. But the reality is they, they keep coming. If I recall from the book, there were percentages that we do with the revenue account. Do you mind speaking on that? Yeah. So Mike has targets in the book, and they're based on the, the size of the company. And he gives you the targets for, on average, a company of this size should do X. But here's the thing. This is where people get it wrong. You don't start with the targets. You start with where you are today. You figure out your percentages and you just start separating your money. And then once a quarter, what we do is we just crank it up a little bit. So let's just say you're not profitable today. Well, we're just going to start with 1% to the profit account. And then maybe next quarter we'll do 2% to profit. And then the next quarter, 3%. So we're making gradual changes in the business. This is not overnight success. You know, on average, it might take most companies two and a half years to get from where they are to what's in the book or to where they're comfortable. I've got companies that blow out the targets in the book. I've got companies that will never make the targets in the book because there are too many constraints to their business model. And so for some people, it's eye-opening. A lot of times, if somebody wants to expand or do something, we'll actually run their percentages and they'll look at them and go, huh, this isn't going to work. You know, it's not, oh, well, my gut says it's going to work. It's going to be, hey, the paper says, if I do this, it's going to blow up on me. And actually, I just had someone on my podcast and that was his story. He goes, I read this book. And we were about to expand the business. And I, I actually did the numbers and realized if we expanded, I would go bankrupt. And so he goes, we're not going to do that. We're going to make some different changes. So the numbers are just the first step. Really, where it comes down to is learning how to control your costs, going through all your costs and saying, do I really need to spend this money? Just like we have lifestyle creep, we have business creep. We start spending money on all kinds of stuff. And then there's people who are spending money on stuff they didn't even know they were still spending money on. So it, it's good financial hygiene, keeping the business clean. And then it's asking yourselves, how do I get efficiencies? Am I appropriately pricing? So pricing's a big problem. So many business owners are afraid to raise prices. And today, more than ever, with inflation, if you are not keeping up with your cost of goods going up, you're in trouble. 
Like that's the biggest thing we've been doing throughout COVID is constantly adjusting pricing because of supplies, shipping, and now we're adding fuel sur surcharges to those businesses that need to do that. But it's being aware of it and being proactive instead of reactive. Rocky, I'm sure there's people listening today and they're thinking, okay, this is great for my boss who owns the company, but I work for a company. How can I use this information? So it's the same thing. This is how I built my wealth. When I got out of college, I got a job and I literally went and I opened a bunch of accounts, right? So one account was my 401k. One account was a company stock plan. One account was the credit union. One account was a, a after-tax brokerage account. And for all of these, what they did was on a set basis, either out of my paycheck or out of my bank account, they took some money and they put it aside into these different accounts. So clearly the 401k, that's for retirement. So that's my retirement savings goal. The after-tax brokerage will... That's my investing goal in the short term, which if you have a bunch of after-tax money, now you can do different things. So what can you do? Oh, maybe I'm going to go buy real estate and, and invest in real estate. Or you know what? I don't like my boss. And you know what? I got 200 grand in the bank. I can take six months off, right? I can go look for a better job. I have the freedom to make a choice. And then you've got your emergency fund money. And then it's like, oh, we, we just had an emergency, which there are relatively few emergencies. The roof leaking is usually not an emergency because it was 30 years old and you knew it was bad, right? You have tires, they go flat. The 20-year-old heating system broke. Not an emergency. You knew that stuff was going to happen. So having the money aside so that when things break, it's annoying, but at least you can stroke a check. You're not going into debt and you have the ability. And the reality is even on the personal side, when you have cash, you get deals, right? You can walk into a place and say, hey, I got cash. Want to sell it for less? And so it puts you in a stronger financial position. So putting money in the different buckets and, and basically the way to think of your buckets is short-term, mid-term, long-term. So retirement, maybe you're saving for college or weddings or something along those things. And then the short-term things. You know, when I was a kid, they used to have Christmas accounts. And they would literally, they would do profit first. They would take $5 out of your account every week and put it in the Christmas account. So when Christmas came, it was like, oh, here's our Christmas budget. We can go buy gifts. And in January, we don't have a regret hangover of the credit card bill. So this works however you want it to. You've got to customize it for yourself. Some businesses will do a lot more than five accounts because they have special situations. You know, if I need to buy new capital equipment every year, well, let's save for capital equipment. If you've got a high cost of goods, like some of my people there, maybe on the Amazon side, right? Well, I got to place a big order to China. How do I pay for that? Well, we set money aside so that when it's time to order from China, I have the money ready to go. And the same thing on your personal side, you know, just putting small amounts of money aside so that you're ready and you can handle the storms in life because there are storms. 
Rocky, what would you say the easiest way to get started is that you've seen the most success with? So the easiest way to get started is to open one bank account and put 1% in it. Nobody is going to miss a dollar out of 100. That's less than what you blew at Starbucks this morning. You're not going to miss it. We all waste money. It's just human nature. So start small, build a habit, right? Profit is a habit. It is not an event. Just like going to the gym, show up, do the reps and sets, and over time you will get stronger. Show up, open one bank account, start putting a little bit aside, and over time just start to increase that. And that's it. Most people don't start. Number one reason profit first fails is the person didn't start. I think that's the same reason for podcasts, isn't it? <laughs> yes. By the way, you mentioned your podcast. Please plug that here. Sure. So I have uh, two podcasts. One is Profit Answer Man, where all we do is talk about this in depth, share success stories, teach you how to implement. I, I go through the entire book. It, it is nothing but teaching people how to do this and giving them ideas how to implement in their system. And then the other podcast is called Richer Soul. It's life beyond money. You got rich. Now what? So it's kind of like, you know, after you build your wealth, now what are you going to do? Because money isn't going to make you happy. A truer statement has never been said. Rocky, what would you say that people struggle with most with this concept other than getting started? Number one thing is getting started. Number two is keeping up the rhythm. And number three is when the OPEX account goes negative, they give up. This doesn't work for me. No, it's working for you. It is telling you you are spending too much money in your business or you're not driving sales. So it's, it's one of those two levers. And so it's constantly telling you what is going on in your business. And it is early alarm, right? The way I, I look at it is, you know, I sit down and I have a bag of chips. The bag of chips disappears pretty quickly. <laughs> With me too. With you too. But imagine you sit down and you have a one ounce bag of chips, a single serve. What's going to happen? You're going to eat the one ounce of chips and then you're done. And then you're like, okay, and it, because you're putting a little bit of thought into it. We're doing the same thing with your money. We're, we're forcing you to think about how this is going. And right now, th there's a company that is literally taking off. It's hitting the news. And you might know Jesse Cole, Savannah Bananas. He's on ESPN with a minor league baseball team that makes more money than some major league baseball teams. And literally the core of his success is implementing profit first and realizing he didn't have a good business model and thinking through, how do I entirely change my business model? He's not in the baseball business. He's in the entertainment business. And he has figured out how to get free entertainment, right? He just changed the model. He thought about his business and he went and implemented yeah, he's a fantastic story. Uh, he used to be an ISI. I don't believe he is anymore. He was an ISI. That is correct. And uh, I love the story where he wanted to do something with bananas and he got the grocery store to start paying for him for him. It is amazing what you can do if you think it through. We tell people you don't need more resources. You need to be more resourceful. There are so many ways to do things 
without having to spend. And I will tell you this, people go, oh, a big business can do that or my little business can't. It works at every single level. Chase Samet was one of our presenters. He came in, I, I try to remember this book. It, it's not reinvent yourself, but it, it's, it's about doing that. And basically what he said, he, he worked for a large, massive company and they said, start this division, but you have no budget. So he figured out how to get other people to pay millions of dollars to help him start this business by doing different kinds of deals. And I think when you start thinking about that, everything from salespeople to getting free goods to getting someone to build something for you, it's all possible if you think through the problem and figure out a better solution. Too often, we just throw money at it. And more often than not, when you throw money at it, it doesn't work. Rocky, I see a book behind you, and it's a very popular book on this podcast and one of my favorites. So Gino Wickman's Traction. I got to ask, how does EOS, the entrepreneur operating system, tie in with Profit First? So the reason that book is there is because I love EOS integrators and EOS integrators love Profit First. Bottom line is EOS is a wonderful way to systematize your business. It has one weakness. It does not have a good financial system within it. And Profit First is a system. So now it's the same concept, systematize your business. Profit First brings to EOS that whole financial system. So they they play super well together. They give you your scorecard, right? Thumbs up, thumbs down. Every week you can know where you're at without running an accounting report. You know, the average business owner just looks at his bank accounts, opens up his phone and, and is looking at his bank balances. Well, hey, every Monday morning, you can open up, look at your bank balances and know, how are we doing? What are my reserves look like? Am I getting paid myself? What's going on? Rocky, if somebody wants to talk to you and find out more about how you can help them, what should they do? So one, you know, the podcast is a great way to learn more, to understand what I do and how we do it. And there's tons of free information. Everything I do for my clients, I teach. So it's not like you can't just go listen and implement yourself. If you want someone to do it for you or you've got questions, it's rocky at profitcomesfirst.com. I'll make sure to have that on our show notes page. I've got dozens more questions, but I think we whet everybody's appetite. And folks, read the book, listen to the podcast. There's so much great information out there. And it really makes sense out of a topic that everybody is confused about. Rocky, I'm not quite done with my questions yet. I've got some lightning round questions, if you can stick around just a little longer. Sure. All right, Rocky. You now have the ability to go back and talk to yourself on your very first day as a profit first professional. What advice would you give yourself? So that's not far in, enough in the back. <laughs> I've only been doing this for a few years. But you're so good at it. But see, it would have been too late because the advice I would have given myself is you should have started 20 years ago. I was in the wrong place. Like, this is what I've always been meant to do. And I knew that coming out of college. The question is, I came out of college in the late 80s. I was already teaching accountants how to go from paper spreadsheets or ledgers to, back then it was VisiCalc. 
the first electronic spreadsheet. But like, how do you go up to a business and find somebody and go, hey, I can build you a spreadsheet and it'll help you? What? <laughs> I don't even know how to market that. And back then we didn't have podcasts where I could learn it all on a podcast or on Google. Well, we're sure glad you started when you did. Rocky, what are the last few books that you've read? So probably in the last month, I just finished uh, The Christian Man. I just read a book on Leonardo da Vinci, just kind of learning more about him. And then Steve Hardison came out with his book, which is The Ultimate Coach. So that was quite interesting. It's, you know, how do you think bigger than yourself? And right now I just started Life Force from Tony Robbins. So things are going to get interesting with technology and our health going forward. So just kind of checking out what that looks like. I'm sure Hollywood is listening to this podcast. They're listening to your podcast and they are in the moment of writing a script about your life. Who do you want playing Rocky? Can you guess that one? Who's supposed to play Rocky in the movies? <laughs> Sylvester Stallone. Is that there who? you go? <laughs> All right. There we go. Why not? Why not? Why not? I, I think I'm he's a available. Southpaw. I'm a Southpaw. I, you know, I was an underdog. I didn't come from Philly. I came from Jersey. Close enough. I'm sure he cannot wait to get that phone call. Last question. Well, almost last question. I'm going to throw a bonus question in. So if you had the ability to speak with anybody throughout history, who would it be with and why? I want to talk to Jesus. And, and number one, like as you read the Bible, you realize when he touched people, they were healed. Like everything was like, it's like, I want to feel that. I want to see is it, you know, how does that happen? And and be able to just experience that in, you know, if it's true, then you get to talk to the son of God. And that's pretty incredible. Rocky, you and I both met in a mastermind group called Iron Sharpens Iron. We have our own mastermind group here called the Rising Tide Mastermind. And I'm always trying to tell people what a mastermind is, why you don't have time not to participate in a mastermind, if it's the right mastermind for you, but people just aren't familiar with the concept. So I was hoping you could help me out a little bit for somebody that's not familiar with a mastermind. Maybe they think they just don't have time to spend on a mastermind. What would you tell them? So I think the original mastermind, as far as I know, actually came out of Ben Franklin. A uh, Huntus, is that what he called it? Yeah, Junto. Junto. I, I'd be calling it Huntus. <laughs> uh, it's a J. I don't know if it's pronounced with a J or okay. an H. But the point is they got together and they talked about societal problems and they fixed them. For us, we're not talking about societal problems. We're talking about our problems. And, you know, it's nice to have somebody actually listen to you. It's nice to get eight or nine people to give you feedback to kind of see the things that they see the elephants in the room that we ignore. They hold you accountable. They push you forward. They open doors. They create connections. I, I mean, there's just a whole tremendous amount of, of help that can come from a mastermind. I mean, it just allows you to go further, faster, and to face your, your shortcomings and fix them. Yeah, I always like to think life is way too hard and way too short to do it alone. So why would you even try? <laughs> and all of the people there, no one's got a sales agenda, right? This is a group where nobody is selling each other. This is not pitch fest. This is help fest. 
And, you know, even in ISI, there are, there are people all along the spectrum. But you have access to some great people over time that, you know, are 100 steps ahead of me. And you can help people 100 steps behind you. But even in that, we all get to learn. One of my favorite things is sharing wins because those wins came from the group. Hey, we helped you with that. We, we pointed out a blind spot and now that issue has been solved. Correct. And uh, the, the reason I like ISI more so than some of the other mastermind groups is it's not just business. It's business life, spirituality, everything. So you might be in there talking about your kids. You might be in there talking about your spouse. You might be in there talking about your business. You might be in there talking about your missteps or the mistakes or the stupid stuff you did this week. I'm fond of that too. We're people and all of those things make up who we are. We need to be able to share whatever it is that we need to share. So true. And Rocky, I want to thank you for sharing all that you know about Profit First. Of course, there's so much more to learn. So one more time, tell us how to find your podcast. So before you find my podcast, would you all do me a favor? If Trace is bringing you value, would you like this show and leave a rating and leave a review and say thank you? The world of podcasting is lonely. We don't hear from all of you. So go say thank you to Trace. If you want to check my stuff out, it's Profit Answer Man. And the other one is Richer Soul. Wherever you're listening to this, you'll find it. Rocky, you're awesome. Thanks for coming on Scaling Up H2O. Thanks for having me. Nation, Rocky is just one of those people that is so well-versed on this topic, and he's just such a nice guy. Every time I interact with Rocky, he always leaves me with wanting more. A great guy. Of course, if you want to learn more about him, you can go to our show notes page. If you want to learn more about Profit First, we'll have that information on as well. And somebody else that's always forcing us to learn in a very fun way is James McDonald. So here's a brand new Thinking on Water with James. Welcome to Thinking on Water with James, the segment where we don't give you the answers, we give you the topics and questions for you to think about, drop by drop. Now let's get to it. In this week's episode, we're thinking about the mass balance around a steam boiler system. By mass balance, I'm talking about how much water is going into a steam boiler compared to how much is going out. The two should be equal. What should be included, though? It depends upon where you draw your circle around the system. A typical circle may only include makeup and condensate return going in with steam and blowdown going out. But what about the water demands of pretreatment equipment? Drawing the circle a little bigger may also include soft regeneration wastewater, reverse osmosis reject, raw makeup, lost condensate, steam leaks, leaking feed water pumps, and more. Have you drawn a diagram of your steam boiler system with all the ins and outs shown? Take this week to think about the mass balance around your steam boiler system. Be sure to follow hashtag TOW22 and hashtag ScalingUpH2O to share your thoughts on each week's Thinking on Water. I'm James McDonald, and I look forward to learning more from you. Scaling Up Nation, when I go to some of the conferences that I mention on this show, 
People always thank me for putting on this podcast, and they always ask me, what can we do for you? The answer is, if you know somebody that is in our industry, talk about this podcast. We love getting new listeners, and the only way we get new listeners, because I think we've saturated all of the markets that we can think of, is by you letting other people know that there is a podcast out there. Something else you can do for us is you can leave a review. Believe it or not, when people go to podcast players, the podcast that they see when they search is all based on what reviews they have. So if you can leave a review for this podcast, that will definitely help us. And then here's a third thing you can help me with, and this isn't new at all. This is something I ask you for each and every week. If you have an idea, if you have a guest request, anything that pertains to the next show that we can make, please let us know about that. You can go to scalinguph2o.com and you can go to our show ideas page and you can let us know all about that because we are always trying to create the next show. And with 260 something shows, we want to make sure we're getting the content that you want to you each and every week, just like next week when I'm going to have a brand new episode coming to you. I hope you listen to it, but I hope you share it with somebody who's never listened to the podcast. And I hope you have a great week in the meantime. Nation, the mastermind is wildly successful, and the only thing missing is you. Go to scalinguph2o.com forward slash mastermind to see if this is the group that you have been waiting for and the group that can push you to your next level of success.